I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On the Big Squid feed today, we present Space Podacy, a limited series by Ben Elwood and me, Justin Hamilton, where we look at some of our favourite science fiction movies. Today's episode is part two of our deep dive into Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hello and welcome to part two of our 2001 discussion. This was originally intended to be one podcast, but it just ended up being so long. I figured, you know what, if Stanley Kubrick's film can have an intermission, then so can our podcast. So if you haven't listened to part one, go and check it out first and then come back to join us here. Uh, This episode actually has some of my favourite new segments that uh, we've created for this deep dive into science fiction films. I can't wait for you to hear them. There's one in particular that makes me laugh every time I'm developing it. Uh, It is uh, one that I like to unleash on Ben. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what it is. It's uh, ruin the movie with one choice. That's the segment. It, It can be improve the movie with one choice, but it's 2001. So, <laughs> you know, seems a bit audacious to say, yeah, this is how I'd improve this masterpiece. Uh, but the decision to ruin it, you, I reckon, uh, I won't tell you what it is, but the way I say to ruin it, I don't know. I reckon it kind of sounds cool. If there's anyone who's listening who has great editing skills, Please take the idea and run with it because I want to see if it would actually work. Anyway, I'm getting well ahead of myself and uh, I'll just let you wait until you get to it. Uh, Before we bring in Ben, just a reminder, we have finally launched our Patreon. You can find that over at the Patreon site under Justin Hamilton Big Squid. And if you subscribe, you'll be able to access special one-off podcasts, uh, get an early look into some of the new ideas we have for segments. You can join our private Facebook page and you can also check out the scripts for the podcast. Uh, The scripts, especially for the ones where we do, uh, you know, uh, an exploration of a film, there's lots of little facts there that you might miss the first time. So uh, they're all there. They're, They're all available. And also, by subscribing, it doesn't matter which tier you subscribe to, you will also have an episode that is dedicated to you and you solely. And today's subscriber shout-out goes to Stabfish. That's right. In an episode where we're talking about the Star Child, Stabfish is our main man today. Uh Of course, Stabfish isn't his real name. I know who you really are, Mr. Fish. Or maybe it is. I'm not telling. That's between the two of us. Unless he tells everyone, then all bets are off. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much for subscribing, my fishy pal. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. It's time for you to join Ben and me 
as we return to the depths of outer space, armed with an insane computer and a rotating monolith that is just waiting for us to make contact. It is time for part two of our look at 2001 A Space Odyssey. Dave, do you mind if I ask you a personal question? No, not at all. I've wondered whether you might be having some second thoughts about the mission. How do you mean? Rumors about something being dug up on the moon. I never gave these stories much credence, but particularly in view of some of the other things that have happened, I find them difficult to put out of my mind. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What are you talking about, Hal? This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Hope you got your lollies. <laughs> Hope you went and took a wee. What do you think of the intermission? Do you think that that's? Uh, I kind of, I kind of don't like it. Now that's a really good question mm. because watching it this time, I was, I, I don't know, I'd kind of forgotten about it, and I was actually genuinely amazed when it turned up because I was like on the on the Blu-ray. Yeah, no, I like, I couldn't, but also I just was like, it, to me the viewing experience had gone so quickly. Yeah. I thought, we're having an intermission. We've only been watching this movie for 35 minutes. Totally. I mean, it's not even like it's a Lawrence of Arabia where it's four hours. Yeah. You know, four-hour movie, sure, have, a, have an intermission. But I, I, I had the same experience this time as you did, where sequences that I used to think went forever were suddenly over. It's like, oh, I, you know, you said before you wish you could have spent more time with the apes. I wish I could have spent more time with them. I wish I could have spent more time watching big wheels spin through space. Yeah. Like everything flew by this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I. Uh, it's almost like they're two different movies. It's like yeah. the the, the uh, there's um, the opening. Like there's Star Wars and there's The Empire Strikes Back, and he's mm. just made them into. Or it's um, it's a little bit like you, you know that you know that Two Face was meant to be in the. The idea was he'd be the villain for the third mm. Batman movie, but mm-hmm. because and that's why you kind of it's like got it, they're kind of like two movies yeah. jammed together, and that's what this kind of feels like yeah. with the intermission. God, imagine I wonder what it'd be oh, anyway. Whatever, uh, I was about to go down into a Nolan hole, but then everyone would have <laughs> no, to keep no, no. drinking, and then that'd all be smashed, and they would hear the rest the of this podcast. <laughs> everyone should just respect me for doing that. Um, anyway, what's really funny is the question I was going to answer or the fact I was going to say to you was uh, another cut in time we're heading towards Jupiter. I know people think this movie is boring but I feel like it moves really quickly and I remember hitting this part of the film being quite shocked we were up to that point already. Uh, Frank and Dave really come across as Neil and Buzz, don't they? <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I think Kurt Elaine's performance is outstanding. I think it's one of the most incredible bits of acting. Yes. And because it's, I mean, because it's easy to just kind of go, he's not doing anything. He's doing 
so much. That moment where he gets the first inkling that Hal might be whatever, malfunctioning, yeah. whatever. Yeah. His face is like stone. Yeah. His eyes are so fucking intense. Like, yeah. you can read, you know, as you can read everything that's going on in that eight man's head from the tilts. Yeah. You can tell everything that's going on in Dave's head just through his eyes. This moment of, I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere in yeah. the vacuum of space, yeah. <laughs> shooting along towards yeah. Jupiter, yeah. and this thing might be malfunctioning. And yeah. no, it, it's one of the... I thought it was so brilliant, his acting. Yes. Um, and, and again, that lack of emotion, the lack of engagement is the point. You right. know, he has, the, the humans have become more robotic than the robots now. It is... Uh once again, one of those things with uh, over time and just having more experience, you you, you get these added depths to mm. his performance. And uh, there's also there's a moment when he's slowly taking him apart, and there's you, you see the look like all you can see is his eyes. He's it's uh, he's Tom Hardy before Tom Hardy. He he pulls a look with his eyes where you can tell he's panicking a little bit and so then he's like oh yeah yeah i want to hear the nursery rhyme but it's just a dart to the left kind of thing and it's like you can see him really intensely just trying to keep his shit together while i interpret fucking dying i interpreted that as grief i interpreted that as the first time he's actually showing any emotion sorry the the bit the the bit, uh, the bit where he leads up to the nursery rhyme, I mean, the, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. bit is yeah. like, and it's it's kind of like, from that moment he's on top of the situation, but yeah. up until then he's not quite sure yeah, yeah, how yeah. to deal with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's interesting that his humanity, and and that's what I think ultimately why he's allowed through to the end, yeah, and to become the Star Child. Uh, you know, I mean, again, this is just a, the interpretation I had at the time, but it was almost like he's the only one that is willing to kill the machine. Right. He's had the revelation of like, no, this is not how we need to reconnect. I need to reconnect with my humanity. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, right. And I find when he's killing the machine, that's when he, he I mean, he always looks like he's in tears when yes. Howe's doing that song. Yes. Which is devastating. <laughs> um, you know, his, his, his human emotion comes out for the first time when he's essentially just unplugging a device. Yeah. Like, you know, he's been through a lot and he hasn't shown anything and now he's crying. Uh, and then I, and I don't think it's a coincidence after that, the monolith is like, yeah, you're all right. You, you know, right. you come through. Right. You, 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 you've understood that the technology can only get us so far, but we need to reconnect with humanity right. uh, and integrate the two, the technology and the humanity, and then, you know, we can become star children. So that kind of uh, answers my question as to what was going on with the monolith at the end. When it appears... Because if you, if you were saying that they're sending a message to Big Fella... Hey, mate, no, nah, these guys are fucked. They just took a selfie with yeah, me. Yeah. Um, so you're saying that... So what do you think would have happened mm. if the mission had continued the way it was supposed to go? So if they, if Hal had stayed connected and yeah, they yeah, had yeah. kept that life? I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't even thought about that. The... the, the from from my interpretation this time around, and again, this could change the next time I see it. The next time mm. I see it, it could be like oh, everything I thought before was horseshit. No, no, no. But the way I it's the way I saw it this time was uh, it the the monolith has almost made the decision when you know it, it presented itself to the eight people. It served its function to get us to the moon, and whatever. If it had a consciousness, it was hoping. Oh, by the time these guys get to the moon, hopefully they're you know, evolved enough to be able to come become star children, to become right. the next the next leveling up. Yeah. You know, if we level up from ape person to human being, yeah. well now we've got to level up from that, you know, if we're to survive and if we're to flourish through the universe and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I think it decides in that moment, uh, on the moon, no, they're not ready yet. I'm gonna make it harder. I'm going out to Jupiter. Yeah. Let's see who comes to engage with me in Jupiter. Maybe that'll be a better class of person. Oh right. Um, oh, you think that's the same monolith? No, I, I right. think it's pinging signals. Yeah. Because like they they say that the one on the moon beca- have, became completely inert. Yeah. After it freaked out. Yes, that's out. right. Uh, and then I think that the reason he is allowed passage is because he, you know, in metaphor, has the great revelation that um, you know we have seeded control of our destiny to programs and we've lost our humanity right uh and which is why he's allowed to live out his days in that little weird house oh yeah some thoughts on that as well yeah and then and then i and then you know he integrates with the monolith at the end 
Yeah. When he reaches out to touch the monolith, at the very end, the camera pushes into the monolith yeah. for the first time. We're in the monolith, which is this new world of this new species of star child that's hopefully better than fucking than us. <laughs> right, yeah. I was really worried that we weren't going to end on a pessimistic note, so thank God you pulled that out of the fire. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting the, the, the fact that, you know, how... Uh, I hadn't quite picked up on this before either. Hal kind of goes crazy because he's there to make sure all the humans are fine, but he's given information that nobody else knows. And that that kind of uh, uh, injects doubt, and, and then that doubt becomes a neurosis. Yep. And then that's why... He finally makes a mistake and does, just doesn't blow the oxygen out and just kill them all really easily. Yeah. He's, he's so fucking elaborate because he's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know what the fuck's going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, 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 He spent too, too long in lockdown. Yeah. He's starting to confuse his thoughts for actual experiences. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is, um, this is me going to the comedy store after being alone for a long time and thinking, fuck, how do you interact again? That's right. Uh, goodbye, I'm Justin. Oh, no, hello, hello. You've got to start with hello. What does my face do when I talk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah where am I meant to look? Am I meant to have pants on? Should I have had a shower? Oh, Jesus Christ, I've shit myself again. It's going to kill everyone. <laughs> I'm going to blow the oxygen out. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I do. I think, yeah. And again, that's, that's, that's the, you know, the, the sign of the computer having more humanity than the, than the astronauts at that yeah. point, that it develops a neuroses. Yeah. Um, also can lip read. It can lip read. That moment, I've seen it three or four times at a cinema, packed cinema before, and Every single time when Hal does the whole, I know that I've made some poor decisions lately. I'm willing to have a conversation with you. People, it's like a, one of the greatest comedies. Everyone's yeah. dying with laughter. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's like, he knows the relationship's over. It's like yeah. his pathetic boyfriend kind of going, please. Yeah. Like, I know I'm a, I know I'm a dog yeah. shit asshole, but yeah. please. Look, I've made some mistakes. You're all alone. I've killed everybody. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, that's the, and, and again, in, in contrast to what's just happened. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. All that... Um, uh, all of that stuff's so terrifying. Yeah. The way he moves and all, like it's so panicky, and it's like, oh, God, I feel really claustrophobic yeah. every time I see that. Oh, so so off the back of that mm. is the um, what was the rest of Hayward's message? Do you reckon? Does it cut well, off? Yeah, like it kind Remind of fades me. out, and then the next thing we see is oh, that's right, uh, it goes straight to Jupiter. Dave, you know, going to the. What information does he give that the mon- there's there's been a ping near yeah, Jupiter? Yeah, and then it, but then it's like they're about to tell you the mission. Like, was was there bad news in the in the message? Yeah, it's probably don't take a fucking photo of it. It doesn't like that. Nah, he, I reckon they don't even realise. <laughs> I reckon there's some arsehole that's come up and taken a selfie and then posted it, and you you see it online and you look like you're having a stroke and you get angry with them and they're like, why? Why are you angry? It's a good photo. Am I wrong? Like, I don't think I'm wrong, right, in thinking in, in that photo moment. Because it stuck out to me the, the last couple of times I watched it, and then this time it was given the, 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 the state of the world where no one can have a fucking experience without filming it or photographing it or whatever, which essentially robs them of having had the experience in the first place, um, which, again, is what I fear the most with commercial space, space travel. Can you imagine you yeah. pay your $10,000 to go up there and the person next to you is like, oh, my God, quick, get, in fr- get your head in front of the Earth. Like, oh, oh yeah! Just fucking shut or, up. Or even worse, you're in the other seat, <sighs> and they're saying so. Anyway, Denise has yeah. decided, and it's like, man, I don't give a fuck about Denise. I'm, I'm trying to look fuck. at the African Sahara. I just, you know, I, like I went on the um, Blue Mountains uh, airlift. Oh yeah, and it, you know, you literally like burst from the canopy of a rainforest and get drawn into the air with the cliffs and the waterfalls, and it's just so beautiful yeah (laughs) i mean this is obviously before lockdown but there was maybe a hundred people on it and every fucking person was looking at it through their fucking phone and i just i wanted to have a stroke i couldn't bear it and i if i'm having that experience in rainforest can you imagine in space yeah oh my god it's so big isn't it oh my god omg yeah man it is 
that's how I felt about concerts. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be, I remember standing, I forget the concert, but I remember being at one and the person next to me just had their, their phone up, the whole concert. Uh, and the two things that stuck out to me was, one, that is some arm strength. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you cannot underestimate that. I gave them mad props for having a two-hour <laughs> arm strength to hold that fucking thing mm-hmm. up and record the whole time. But the other thing is, is like, yeah, but now even your experience of it isn't, like, it's like, I've got, there's a, a David Bowie DVD that I'm in. Mm. I'm in the audience. Mm. But you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. I've got a completely different experience mm-hmm. to that. So I watch it and go, oh, this is great. Because I've got the being there watching it experience, experience. And now it's like, oh, this is what it looked like to everyone else's yeah, experience, yeah, 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 which yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah, it has been flattened into this just, apart yeah. from anything, filming the thing on you. Have you had that experience with someone's like, oh, I went to a concert, check this out. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's just white noise and there's a oh, blob. Yeah. and Oh, yeah, but that blob's Nick Cave. That's Nick Cave. I saw Nick Cave. It's like, yeah. I don't know, this well, is terrible. Great. Great. Just have the experience, guys. Mate, um, let's go and look at YouTube. We'll get heaps mm. better shots. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I feel that way when I go on holidays as well. Yeah. When you, when you could. But why take a photo of whatever, the Empire State Building? Yeah. When you can get some sick photo of the Empire State Building that was taken by a professional photo and put that in your digital photo album. Yeah. You know, and, and hold on to the actual memory and yeah. be there. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know why, but on this viewing, I suspect that there was something kind of a little bit ominous about the rest of the message. I think normally I've always just thought it was, you know, just here's the mission but I reckon there's I don't even mean something ominous in the way that it's a one way journey or anything like that but I just reckon there's probably some sort of weird okay now you're just going to make sure that you can't transmit back because the Russians will be listening at that point or just something Mm. you know something off Mm. that kind of is a real bummer anyway um so uh, I've already mentioned the silence thing um it's uh, fascinating that, you know, we watch Moonwatcher Kill to Survive and then Far Into the Future doing the same thing. Nothing's changed. <laughs> just, yeah. just killing to survive. Yep, 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 just yep. killing to survive. It's funny you say that. I think this time, I mentioned earlier the contrast between the eight people and the humans. Uh, but this time I really noticed that resonance of how much is mirrored in the yeah. two stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th- that I hadn't really noticed at all before. No, I don't think I had either. And once again, I think it's one of those films that it, it it's like you're you're improving uh, the the picture quality every time you see it. It's yeah. just it's just a little bit sharper, and you're just a little bit better. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I've never really studied it, and I have probably watched it once every five ish years or something. Yeah. Like it's one that you keep coming back to. Yeah. Uh, but all all great works are like that, you know. I think for me, knowing the shape of something is when I can start to really get into the nuance of it. Yeah, I think first time, especially ADD brain, there's that real kind of like, well, what's happening next? Yeah. you know, oh, this this sequence is very long. Oh, that's an amazing special effect. Right, you know, so to actually know the space of things, the shape of it. Not that I'm going to be surprised anymore by what happens, but I can actually relax into it and yeah, just really enjoy it. All my just favorite. Let it- all my favourite books are books that I've read, you know, three times. And it was the third reading that really yeah. was like, whoa, this is amazing. Has that monolith been there the whole time? On the moon? No, I know the one in the moon's been buried. Yeah. But has that other one been floating there? I don't think so, because they wake up and it's just there. Right. So they didn't, f- And they're surprised by it. So it's not like they saw it at night and went, oh, let's go to sleep. Right. I think it appears while they're asleep. The one in oh no 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 sorry the one oh. in Saturn oh the one yeah um no the, that that first one just fucking <laughs> yeah that's what makes it terrifying yeah. like that to me is up there with anything in the Exorcist yeah. <laughs> um yeah probably I mean didn't Arthur C Clarke say that the uh, in his book the monoliths were like um, burglar alarms yeah he's, yeah yeah yeah, like yeah some interdimensional yeah. species oh, to put them. Uh, fuck the second one the yeah. second one. <laughs> 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 They're past the third try. No, getting yeah. closer. Oh no, we're going to have to move house. <laughs> um, and do you think Dave knows he's going to enter the monolith, or is that like when he approaches it and it's it's almost like the arm of the thing going to touch it is mirroring Hayward and mirroring the ape, ape man. So now it's like the next touch. <laughs> it's like straight in integration. What, what do you so? <laughs> 
So a couple of questions. One yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking when you go to touch it? And it's like, oh, shit. I've had moments like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had moments like that in my early 20s where oh, yeah. I floated you've, uh, you've got to touch to it, a, up to a door in. and like, uh-oh. <laughs> and there goes my sanity. <laughs> Everything's streaming colors now. <laughs> Oh my yeah, lord! Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's a a visual metaphor for the moment where you yeah. have a giant consciousness upload and nothing yeah. is ever the same again. Uh, those those faces he's making in the um, uh, in the space helmet are faces I've seen on the floors of raves. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like we've all seen Prodigy. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You know the, the uh, terror and the ecstasy. Oh yeah, so <laughs> so ah. Uh, Hang on, I want to ask you one other question, but I want to get to that because uh, <laughs> I have something right up there on that. Uh, the uh, what do you think everyone uh, on Earth is thinking? Like, in fact, we haven't heard from those guys for a while, but oh, not they're probably completely distracted by what. Really annoyed having to get another one going. Yeah, <laughs> what another space program? Yeah, yeah. ah, those guys are checked out. Fuck, we'll have to. Yeah. All right, Steve, <laughs> Darren, Jimmy. Jaden, we'll get a how ten thousand this time that won't fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they've got an upgrade. Oh, yeah, get that one in. That one will be heaps better. Fuck, it's fucking cost us a lot of money. That I haven't even heard back from them. Well, I don't even send a postcard. Like this is bullshit. All right, send them up. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, I don't know why. My guy who works for the space agency sounds like he also, in his spare time, works on uh, 1978 King's Cross. <laughs> yeah. The bouncer so, at Porky's. Yeah. <laughs> so this is my hot take off the back of what you were talking about, uh, our guy Dave Gurning, yeah. like a like a mofo oh, at yeah, a rave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he... I'm guessing you're the same. He right. enters the the monolith, and then <laughs> essentially what he experiences drives him insane. Yeah, and then he's essentially like <laughs> an animal that you found brutalized on the side of the road. So you take it to a zoo, and it lives its life there. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the zoo's doing the right thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're looking after you, <laughs> yeah. but you're just the whole time thinking, "I like what's happened." <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and I used to be able to do whatever I wanted, and now I live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the time slippage and the the con- oh my god, the confusion. I don't think that I, it's almost the time as- slippage is. Mm. Like, once again, it feels a little bit like, uh, but it is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fucking, the older I get, the more life feels like that. Oh, you yeah. You get that where you wake up in the middle of the night to take a piss. And, Wait, what What year is it? Wait, what part of my Mate, life is even this? while we're talking now, I'm afraid to look over my shoulder to my left in case I'm older sitting at the lounge watching us. And then suddenly <laughs> I'm over are. there. Oh, no. I didn't even get to hear the rest of the podcast. It does seem to me that he is not so much, because he's definitely... When he's a younger man, he he looks completely... The older he gets, he seems more just waiting to die. Right. And I don't mean that in a depressive suicidal way just like yeah well, right. the, well like, the next jump when he's like having something to eat he's retired yeah he's very he's old and he looks just resigned to whatever this is now yeah uh whatever whatever fucking weird holding pen that he's in so do you think he's so you know the way we experience it mm. do you think he experiences it that way or does he just uh i think he experiences both just like we do oh. that's That's one of the most confronting things to me about getting older is those time slippages. There's, you know, because you know how they say that you kind of baked into your early 20s, like whatever the the decade of your early 20s was, it's kind of this, like, whatever. Yeah. A heyday or something, you know. And there's so often that I'll be talking about something and it feels like a year ago and it is just the process of having lived a long enough time span and then you suddenly remember that it's 20 years ago and it's not just like oh yeah no that was 20 years ago it's like you've aged 20 years oh. in a heartbeat you suddenly just like yeah. oh god fuck that's what the danger of lockdown is it's, is because i keep having those as well it's like it's extremely confronting we are recording this at the end of august and this will come out after my birthday yeah. and when that happens i'm 49 yeah. i'm i'm about to turn 49 which is like i'm nearly 70 like what the fuck (laughs) happened but i also do you know i i dream about when i could play basketball and i knew how to post up (laughs) i could not do that again that was 22 years ago really confronting 22 some people are jesus shit yeah yeah so i think that's what's happening at the end 
You yeah. know, it's that it's that experience of just the the time slippage. Uh, yeah. Because we kind of we have this weird, maybe unique ability, the human mind to exist in the past. You know, quite authentically yeah you can really get lost in memory yeah and it's not like just coming out of some reverie it's a sudden existential blow of how much distance there is between that and now <laughs> it's, yeah you know there really is a sense of what wait 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 wait, wait, wait. whoa <laughs> hang on a sec i kind of feel like i'm slowly getting the hang of this dude I, my, my great-grandmother lived till she was 103 right and after 100 at some point, I was just like, well, what's it like being this old? Uh, and she looked at me with these just big eyes and she just goes, the last 30 years went by like this. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. All right. This is good. And I must just have been have like a glass th- of water to... <laughs> I've got a panic I must have been like 16 or 17 and I just... It was like the existential void for me. It was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. We're really getting a sense of that now. Now that uh, extensive footage of people has been around for like mm. sixty odd years, mm. you know, you can get these giant time jumps where you know you watch, you know, what was the the the, the Rolling Stones drummer that recently died? Oh, Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts. You know, I watched Gimme Shelter couple of weeks ago he's yeah. in his early 20s or whatever whatever he is yeah. he's in his 20s or 30s in yeah, that died at 80 yeah and then suddenly it's just like no dead yeah old man dead yeah you know to be able to kind of view the arc of someone's life in such high def ways that we can now it's it's yeah i mean of, of course that's something that twin peaks the return explored so right. brilliantly this is why i'm vowing to spend more time with boring people so i feel like i'm getting more out of life <laughs> So, no, no, keep talking. That'd be great. Don't, no idea about cars, but that's good. Keep Just keep talking cars, mate. Uh, that's just done. keep talking cars. You read Catch-22? That's Dunbar in Catch-22. Oh, is it right? Yeah, he's one character who completely devotes his life to doing everything that's tedious and boring so that the time stretches out and he feels like he's lived longer. Mate, I'm, uh, I'm 100% behind Dunbar. That's, that's going to be my new approach. Yeah. You'll see me talking to people. You'll go, why is he? Oh, right. God, he's having a long night. <laughs> He's having a long night, and that's what he wants. Um, aren't you glad we don't see the aliens? Yeah, fuck yeah. So did you, you watch the documentaries where they said they actually worked on them yeah, and yeah, ran yeah, out of yeah. budget? No, no, like, thank God, thank God. Oh. Thank God. I mean, the Star Child is even a lit, like, it, it just makes it over the line, but even that is a It has to be, like, it has to be the exclamation mark yes. at the end of the film. Yes. Because... Otherwise, if that lasts half a second longer, mm. you go, no, what? what, what come on. Yeah. Fucking, this went from being something really interesting to now I just realised I'm really high with my mate's cousin in the back of his van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watching a weird animatronic flap its gums. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. I, look, I really feel like virtually everything in this is perfect. It's, yeah. it's, it's it, you know, tonally perfect and they really didn't fuck much up. Or if, if anything. Anything, yeah. Anything. If they had had aliens, what do you reckon they would have looked like? Oh, they probably, they probably would have been like the... I, I imagine they would have looked like the aliens at the end of AI. Oh, those kind of weird That's live. what I thought too. Yeah. That's why I asked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, and uh, only a few more questions, yeah. and we've got a few more segments, which are going to be fun. Uh, what does the Star Child do when it returns to Earth? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Takes everyone's iPhones away from them. <laughs> well, you know... It, uh, so, Learn who you are! So this is... Uh, I was going to ask this a bit later. Have you read the books? No. Um, in the first book, I think... And it's really interesting because the books are... Like, there's four, and they don't quite match up properly because, as Arthur C. Clarke said, he just... When new technology came yeah, along, yeah, he just yeah. applied it. So, you yeah. know, I think I think in the first book, I haven't read this for a while, so people don't fucking write into the papers about <laughs> it. Um, but I think uh, they go to Saturn. Right. And when the Star Child comes back, I think it uh, explodes all the nuclear weapons around the oh, world. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 So, um, also... How long after... So this gets back to my... What are the people on Earth doing? Huh. How long after Dave enters the monolith and becomes the star child? Not Paul Stanley, huh. the, like the real one. Huh. Um, how long before that gets back to Earth? I imagine it's like instantaneous. You know, I, I think time probably works differently 
He he probably did live his life out, you know. Right. So in a higher dimension, yeah. he lived a, a whole life, died, and got turned into the star child and returned. Yeah. And in our dimension, it was yeah. like, yeah. Hey, I can't seem to. What the fuck is that in the sky? <laughs> oh, anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. I look. I. I. I yeah. I prefer I, I, I prefer not to think the mechanics of it. I think the Star Child is yeah, uh, is, right. is 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 the next monolith. Yep. The Star Child is 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 a version of a, a, a more organic version of the what the monolith is doing. Oh yeah, originally right. did right. You know, does the movie even actually end? No, no, it's just ever like, ends. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, geez, that uh, is five minutes of darkness at the start. I I yeah. kept an eye on it. Just the other out, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, it's like, well, that could have gone for 20 minutes. That in the cinema is fucking great as well. Yeah. Mate, put on the projector. <laughs> um, so you haven't read the books, you haven't read the short story no. either. I remember I only read the short story when I was really young. Right. And I remember, I think I read it incorrectly. I think I was, I mistook inspired to uh, explain or, mm. do you know what I mean? Or give me some more insight, mm. but it's, they're just kind of different things. Yeah. Um, would you watch this as a TV show? <laughs> no, never. No, nah, it has to be a Only because Kubrick's dead as well. Oh, yeah. You don't want a reboot? <laughs> God, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we want to do redos 2001, but we just feel it's too slow. Yeah. The characters don't emote yeah. enough, and, this and there's too many colours at the end. And this one's called 2051. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 2010, the quasi-sequel of yeah. this, is not good. Not a good movie. Right. Have you seen that? The sequel to I, 2001? Yeah, I did. And once again, I think I saw it before I really appreciated 2001. And I, I, I don't think I hated it. Ugh, it's not good. It's not good. Well, I just think, you know, if you if you talk about singular movies, this is a pretty singular movie. Like yeah. It's, it, you know, yeah. Like, let's just Well, that's, that's the it. thing. That's the interesting thing that happens in the books is that the, uh, the monoliths come back and they cover uh, Jupiter. And they explode Jupiter, turn it into a sun, which then um, uh, brings life to Europa. And they uh, they send a message to humanity, which is all the rest of these planets in this solar system are yours, but you're not allowed to come to Europa. No, I'm glad. I'm glad it just ends with yeah. Star Child. Yeah, then it goes to 2061, and then it goes to 3001. No, I'm good. I think they were kind of all good. I think yeah. I kind of enjoyed all of them, but as a movie, I just want it... Like, it's fine. You know what? As a book, it, once again, it doesn't feel... Like, it feels like a cousin to the movie, not necessarily... So it almost feels like you're reading something different to yeah. the movie. which is what ever. he always... Which is what Kubrick always did. Yeah, you know, yeah. Shining is very, very different from the book. Yeah. Um, well, these, but these were made in conjunction. Oh, that's but, right. So yeah. it's like so, uh, Arthur C. Clarke just kind of went off in his own direction. Yeah. So, it, so it kind of means... What I'm saying is it means you can kind of enjoy it and not even attach it yeah. to... Unlike Saturday Night Fever... Just knowing that staying alive exists kind of <laughs> takes a bit of the shine off it, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, okay, four segments to finish up with. Uh, this one's called Who and How. Which character do you think you would be in the movie and how would you react <laughs> in their place? Uh, I, would, I, I would like to think that I'd be Dave Bowman because yep. I do have a great desire to go to space. Yep. And if I had the money, as much as I hate Jeff Bezos, I'd, yep. probably, I'd probably go up. Yeah, not with him. No, imagine being, imagine looking down on Earth and then going, "Oh my God, I'm having a religious revelation. We're all one." And then you look over and Jeff Bezos is sitting next to you. Yeah, and my first thought <laughs> is, yeah, and my first thought is, like, what the fuck is going on with your delivery, mate? Like, I've ordered some shit and it is hard to fucking get in touch with anyone. Meanwhile, the planet Earth is revolving in the mirror. You're yeah. just angry. And about- Alex Luther sitting next to you. <laughs> It's all mine. No. Um, no, I'd like to think I'd be Dave Bowman, but I know that I would react like a fucking baby right. when Hal didn't open the doors. <laughs> Just fucking open the doors. <laughs> yeah, you'd be so what angry. Fuck doors? Yeah. That's how I am with technology in yeah. general when it doesn't work. Yeah. Shaking it. Ah, fuck. Oh, man. You know, you know what the, the, the sad thing is, is that why didn't like Dave just turn him on and off? <laughs> Or bang him. Yeah, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Come on, mate. Come on. Come on. Stop blowing up. 
I reckon I'd be hell. Yeah, why? Because yeah, I'd have a nervous breakdown because I've been given information that I'm not allowed to <laughs> hand out, and I'd still be trying to do the right thing, and everyone would turn on me, and then I'd get passive aggressive. No, I'm not opening the doors. No, fuck is, <laughs> fuck is, mate. I'm not opening the and doors. And then very quickly recant as soon as it looks like consequences oh, no, I was are like, coming. Sorry, I'm just mildly bipolar. I'm just having a tough day. You know, my blood sugars are down. <laughs> Well, did you find yourself projecting emotion into that red light? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. impossible not to, right? Mate, look over there. What's there? There's a whole lot of fucking stuffed toys that yeah. I found discarded on the street that, as a grown man, I can't leave out there, so I bring them back so they've got a good place to live. Isn't that right, 2013 bear? <laughs> of course I was projecting onto that red it's light. It's really hard not to. So, you know, just it's a, oh, what, a, what a great visual. Oh, so good. All right, here's the next segment. Better or worse? Yeah. Now, the, the question here is, depending on what we think of the film, and we yeah. both love it, yeah. if we hated, or, or if we didn't like the movie as much, I'd yeah. say improve the movie with one decision. Yes. But because we like it, ruin the movie with one decision. Oh, the, the changing the thing that is most criticised, that the, the actors don't emote, right. and that it's slow. If, oh, you, yeah, so if, you, if you had the actors, you know, like, I'm really worried about what Hal's doing at the moment. Oh my God! Is he malfunctioning? Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, imagine uh, imagine if they did actually act like oh, you as Dave Bowman chucking a fruity. Awful! So that would completely <laughs> ruin. And the, you know, uh, I early viewings of this movie, I always, I didn't hate it, but I would definitely kind of my inclination would be if I was watching at home to skip it. The scenes where uh, they're uh, at at that boardroom. Talking oh, yeah. slowly and yeah, editing you know. all that out. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I've come to realise that is all part of the the, the slow burn tension yeah. building. Like it's just marinating in this. So yeah. So you'd prefer like you'd ruin that scene yeah. by taking all of those actors out and adding all of the actors from Glen Gary Glen Ross yeah, yeah, with yeah. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> you know, talking about okay, the first person who mentions this to the press, I've got his balls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offering bonuses for whoever yeah. can really access yeah. what this thing can do. Yeah, Pacino over in the corner. Hey, that's uh, Shelley the Machine, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great way to ruin it. I reckon um, in a misguided attempt at being hip, I would have added all the all the psychedelic music from the 19, uh, 1968, you know. So, During the, the, the Star so, Child scene? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'd start with Tomorrow Never Knows. <laughs> like, you know where you think, this is going to be a great idea and it's just doesn't work because they're two brilliant things that don't necessarily go together. <laughs> as, the, as, the, as, the, as the field opens, the, um, what's that song? The, the, Alice, the Alice song by the, who's that band? That famous psychedelic song. <laughs> oh, hang on. Oh, um, uh, Jefferson Airplane. Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jefferson Airplane going through the Starfield. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I'd um, to make it even worse that when uh, Moonwalker goes nuts with the um, with the uh, bone, yeah. I'd drop in uh, the Who's My Generation. <laughs> Talking about my generation. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that's so fucking gross, man. Yuck. That'll be the reboot. You know, they'll just, the just do they'll suicide squad it and just put needle drops oh, all through man, it. Oh, man. That would be so funny. I, like, you know what? I'm going to make a decision. Uh, I'm going to learn how to edit just so I can make this and drive myself insane. All right. Uh, two segments to go. The Goldilocks rating. Is this movie optimistic, pessimistic, or just right? Optimistic. Yeah. I think this is kind of an important question for a lot of sci-fi. Yeah, it's optimistic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we Almost, get there. We get there, yeah. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, he's open, right? It's definitely more optimistic than a lot of sci-fi. Yeah. I would say that it's. I would. Say, I don't actually. You know what? I don't think it's ever pessimistic. I think it's realistic up until the very end, and then the end is very hopeful. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's a very, um, very accurate depiction of events or how events would play out given what we know. Yeah. Uh, final segment. Sum it up. It's how I really wished we'd uh, gone. Uh, <laughs> if we all end up being star children. 
Oh, that's how you'd sum it up? It's <laughs> yeah, how you, it's, oh, I wish that's how everything went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. What do you mean by the question? Sum it up. How, oh, what, just how, how, what it means to you. Oh, what it means to me. Yeah. Um, oh, I wish I'd live. wish that was the world I lived in. Where would we be now? <sighs> what it means to me. Um, for me, at the, at the risk of sounding totally wanky, it's one of like three or four films that like I have to watch every, I would say, two years as a great meditation. And I think it's a, it's a, the kind of movie that makes people better film watchers yeah. if they're willing to engage. Yeah. Because it encourages you to both engage fully but also get the fuck out of your own way yeah. and just have an experience, which I think is something that people are finding harder and harder to do with all the distractions. It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate statement in surrender and don't look at your phone. Don't, you know, get up, do anything, just give yourself to this. And if you are able to surrender to it, it will do things to your brain that are very profound. Yeah. Yeah. It is like Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke came up with the idea of a monolith. Yeah. And created one in the real world yeah. as a movie. Yeah, that, 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 that is what I think it is. And I, yeah. think, and I think there's a group of movies that are kind of almost of that genre. Yeah. Just experiential movies that are designed to kind of change something in you or at least make you feel something. But for that to happen, you must engage yeah. fully. Yeah, as I said, you know, like this viewing, like, yeah. you know, probably... Once again, sometimes it's about timing as well. Yep. And having been in this lockdown for such a long time and uh, going, all right, let's let's do this. There's been a few movies that I've chosen in this uh, period that mm. have been real needle drops, yep. not realising it at the time, but yep. just going, oh, I have watched this at exactly the right yep, moment. Totally. Uh, and Best feeling ever. So uh, some squid bits for you. We'll keep squid bits. Yeah. Uh, so... Of all the short stories that Arthur C. Clarke sent to Kubrick, it was the short story The Sentinel that gave them the jumping-off point, which, as I said, I read it as a kid, and I, I probably read it incorrectly. So yeah. why isn't this explaining everything to me? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, did you see in the documentary about Kubrick only talk to the actors through his assistant yeah, director? Yeah, what, what, what are you what doing? Like, <laughs> like, genuinely, like, mate. He's one of those guys that I don't care to find anything much about because you I, know what? The same way. I know he was an asshole. I'm, I'm aware of that. You don't, you don't attain that level of artistic perfection when there's as much collaboration involved, unless yep. you're a bit of a fucking maniac. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> me reading a book about Kubrick is like when I was at a big day out after party and I stood right next to Mike Patton and I fucking love Mike Patton, but I have heard reports of people who have met him where he has been a delight yeah. and he has been super cruel. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Not to not flipping that coin. Why, yeah. why do I need to be in a situation totally. where I can't listen to any of your music and enjoy it 100%? Totally. And that's how I feel about Kubrick. Huh? Yeah. Like I wish I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, I already know a little bit too much about The Shining. Yeah, and it's like, oh, come on, mate, like yeah. just fucking, dude, relax. Different times, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's this. Uh, look, this is going to make you laugh, but yeah. I read. Uh, have you ever heard the David Bowie story about when he was filming Ashes to Ashes? No. And uh, you know they're down at the beach and they're trying to get this scene done, and he's dressed as you know Perot kind of thing and um, there's just this old guy he's on in the shot on the beach and they're trying to get him to move on he's like fuck off it's my beach <laughs> <laughs> and they're begging him and everything and then eventually someone says like fuck don't you know who that is and he's like <laughs> and the cold guys looked at Bowie and said yeah it's like some daft cunt dressed up as a clown <laughs> and uh, um, <laughs> and, and, and Bowie heard this and just went I am. That's great. And then, and he kind of always looked at that moment as a, you know, because he could have been, he was hard work in the seventies as well yeah. with everything that was going on. And from that moment on, and you can see it in, in his public persona, he's all, He's a lot friendlier. He's a lot nicer. He's now getting to be, but that old guy just really. Oh yeah. <laughs> unlocked it. Yeah. Um, so Arthur C. Clarke saw Kubrick one day throwing a broom handle into the air over and over, and this might be the moment that he envisaged as the jump cut. Um, did you know that the what they cut to was meant to be a nuclear weapon? 
I've heard that. Yes, obviously it's not clear. No, but um, that, you know that's fine. I I have no reaction either way. Yeah, but uh, I kind of feel like I always thought the the bone being used as a tool to just a spaceship to me seems like a more poetic yeah tool you know to tool. jump but uh, so but making it a nuclear weapon means it's a weapon to a weapon yeah. i understand like that's actually the cleaner way to get to it but i just i think i kind of prefer my original yeah, take be, on it you know there's nothing there's nothing in the movie that signifies that it is a nuclear weapon so you can still yeah you know. yeah but it was just interesting yeah. i was just like oh it never even occurred to me yeah. uh the use of blue danube uh he, kubrick was saying it's kind of uh, in a very shorthand kind of way expresses uh you know humanity's progress yep. because it's got manners and it's yep. the times and it's beautiful and yeah um oh, <laughs> I, I saw this in so many things arthur c Clarke just saying over and over again the name how was not inspired not by, by IBM. IBM. Yeah. like it just keeps coming up yeah, yeah, yeah. that was something that i never knew because i in his defense did think it was inspired by ibm yeah but him being upset about it is great. <laughs> uh, I love the quote from Kubrick where he stated, we can't show the face of God. Mm-hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Um, and the monolith creates the hotel as a construct from Dave's mind to make him feel more comfortable while he transforms. Fifth dimensional beings. Yeah. They love their arts and crafts. They really do. Yep, they, they love their gilded ho- cages. Yeah, they make some hotels. They'll make a, <laughs> an infinite library. Like they're into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ju- we just evolve into a different type of creature that's uh, making a, a much bigger version of better homes and gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still obsessed with interior design, yeah. even though we're operating in a fifth dimensional plane. Yeah, <laughs> I might imagine trying to get measurements on that. <laughs> uh, actors told to underplay their roles to be more like machines. Uh, oh, the original ending, like like really early on in the scripts, was just finding the artifact on the moon. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. So all that stuff kind of came later. Mm. But I, I think that was pretty early on, but that's interesting. Uh, Kubrick wasn't a fan of sci-fi. So <laughs> what I love about this also is it's not only about humanity's leap into the stars, but one director's massive dick swing at a genre he doesn't respect. Totally. So, so funny. But, you know, and I think Talk he, about testosterone. <laughs> yeah. I think he was the same with horror, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, he arguably made the greatest sci-fi and the greatest horror film of all time. Yeah, right. You know, I'm not really into The Shining, and I rewatched that recently and i don't know why oh that's a fucking great movie i love that movie i didn't not enjoy it you know what jarred me about that movie well because i saw it way too young and of course lived the lived the movie through the eyes of danny (laughs) after 30 i watched it and i suddenly was relating a lot more to jack oh right (laughs) right it was a very confronting moment. Like, That's oh, funny. I was, well, things I was, have shifted. I was relating to Shelley Long. Um, <laughs> oh, no, Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, when something's pointed out, and once again, this might be something everyone realizes, yeah. but the uh, the sound effects happen one at a time. So yep. it's not a cacophony. It's yep. just breathing or mm-hmm. it's just... Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, First, we already talked about this. First four weeks were rough, bad houses and terrible reviews. Uh, and then the counter- counterculture saved it. Uh, movies constructed to be more like a musical. In um, Movements. Uh, have you ever read the Jack Kirby comics? No, I know they exist, though. Um, I don't think I've ever read one. I went looking, couldn't find anything... Uh, uh, but it lasted 10 issues and the first six kind of explore the same idea of the movie with a prehistoric man called uh, Beast Killer. <laughs> <laughs> How curvy is that? Yeah, yeah. I should have asked you to guess, damn. Um, and he's, his descendant becomes a new star child mm-hmm. uh, and then at some point there's, and then it kind of veers off, then there's robots who, who all go insane except for one who through the love of its creator develops a, a consciousness and that's um machine man i did very very kirby oh <laughs> uh, yeah i didn't know machine man started in uh yeah, right. yeah, in, yeah. as a 2001 space odyssey <laughs> yeah. comic from marvel <laughs> right great. um but all of kirby's work like that's 76 77 all that 70s work is just unfettered imagination oh, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. 
so big and so yeah, yeah, when yeah. I I'd forgotten that and when I reread that I was like oh yeah of course Kirby would be doing a 2001 comic of course that crazy <laughs> I um I, I hope they I hope they keep Eternals a bit bonkers yeah we'll see we'll, we'll see. see we'll see uh, oh, I saw someone online hold up an image of one of Kirby's big space. It's in the Eternals, you know, space being, and, and it's all crusted up and it's got a helmet on and everything, and place it alongside the uh, the space jockey in Alien. And it's like... The same thing? Yeah, they look so similar. <laughs> I reckon they're probably both inspired, if any, it like, could be a coincidence, but I'm guessing it might be inspired by the same... Aztec imagery, you know, yeah, that probably, one that they yeah. always show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. still was... I hadn't drawn a, yeah. a parallel, at mm. least. Um, oh, two more very quick things. Uh, I love this. Arthur C. Clarke said, Imagine amphibians underwater discovering they evolve into us. And <laughs> what would we think of what we evolve into? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know... Yeah. And that, that to me fucking exactly how I can now yet again justify the ending of Interstellar to people <laughs> um, and then I just wanted to finish on this you know what I think is really underrated huh. the font the font of 2001 yeah I love it yeah it's great it's, it's fucking good font <laughs> Like, it's such a pleasing, uh, aesthetically and emotionally charged font that every time I see it, I'm like, ah. The title uh, of the film when yeah, it comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way Those through. thin white letters, yep. Yep. Yeah, very nice. Good font. <laughs> Good font, mate. Yep. Like, bad imagine font, if that yeah, came yeah. up and it was Helvetica. You'd be like, what the fuck? Oh, but don't underestimate how bad font can ruin a yeah. uh, ruin a, a, a movie. Yeah, I've, I have, you know, I have been sitting in movies and it's so funny how, like, it's just a bad font that just somehow doesn't match up with what's going yeah, on. Just yeah. for a moment, you're like, oh, oh hang on. Well, oh, yep, okay, yeah. back in it. Or too digital or it's yeah, uh, yeah. Got, got a shadow behind it or something. Yeah. You know, a lot of late 90s movies were doing stuff like that. Oh, not a great yeah. look. Yeah, not a great look at all. Well, there we have it. It's we did the, it. It's the first Space Odyssey. Yeah. We did 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> What's next? Have we even decided? No. Nah. Right. Not yet. But we have 10 picked out. Yep. We have a guest that we want to get for one. Uh-huh. And it's a good, it's a good mix. It's a great mix. Should we just say what they are? No. All right. <laughs> Let's just, uh, everyone, just relax. We will, as Charlie Clawson would say, we will uh, reveal them soon. Uh. Thank you to Ben Elwood for being my partner in crime for this new science fiction miniseries. Look, to be honest, I pretty much came up with this idea to work more with Ben. But, you know, what a bonus, right? More Ben Elwood. It's it's a it's a choice that everyone should make. Uh, so Ben and I will be back next Thursday. We'll be looking at the brilliant Scarlett Johansson cult classic Under the Skin. So if you've never seen it before, that gives you roughly a week to check it out. Or if you haven't seen it before and you're uncertain, why not listen to the podcast and see if we give you the impetus to try it out uh also a big thank you to our patreon subscriber for the episode the one and only Stabfish. thank you and it's okay nathan your real name is safe with me uh if you'd like to sign up to our patreon please head over to the site and look up justin hamilton big squid we've had a lot of people subscribe in the first week and like it's been really great and we're wrapped to have you on board uh it's really appreciated uh for those of you who might just be going God damn, like money's tight. You know, it's 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 been a rough couple of years and I can't really afford to do it. But maybe you want to contribute as well. Well, if you would like to, how about just leaving us a top review at Apple Podcasts or recommending us to anyone you think who might enjoy what we're doing over here. Um, yeah, seriously, don't put yourself out financially and uh, look after yourself there's other ways that you can um, let us know uh, what you're thinking you know even come over to the facebook page and just uh, leave some uh, thoughts on what you think of uh, 2001 or maybe you want to talk to me about you know the britney spears doco that rachel melanza and i are going to be talking about next week yes next tuesday we will discuss the new doco britney versus spears um rachel wanted to talk about it and 
I've been across what's going on, you know, as a generalization, but I hadn't really gotten into the minutia. And so we watched the doco and have some thoughts. I won't reveal them just yet, but uh, yeah, definitely have some thoughts. And also uh, Rachel's ongoing adventures as she's finally moving from Canada to the States. It has been a roller coaster ride for anyone who followed her adventures over the past two seasons. So yeah, and there's a lot going on. So that'll be Rachel uh, and the Britney Spears doco on the Tuesday, and then we'll get right back to Space Podacy on the Thursday. All here on the Big Squid Feed. Let's finish today with another quote from the master himself, Stanley Kubrick. The most terrifying fact about the universe is not that it is hostile, but that it is indifferent. But if we can come to terms with this indifference, then our existence as a species can have genuine meaning. No matter how vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. Until then. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.